Welcome back to another episode of Explain It Slowly. Slowly, 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 slowly. You sound happy. I had sushi tonight. Oh, you did? (laughs) Oh, right. I was there. (laughs) So I got a topic for you today. Uh Uh-huh. This is a very technical, Uh I think. Um, So... Uh, not too long ago, Apple deprecated one of their thingy. Mm-hmm. As they do. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what the thingy is, is. Um, but the thingy is called Bitcode. Uh-huh. So can you please tell me what Bitcode is? Well, first of all, let's let's establish here that it is a thingy. <laughs> it's the the technical term, as they will. Um, so Bitcode is a technology uh, that. Is perhaps better explained by us, like, explaining why we would want something like Bitcode. Before you start, what's the difference between something called a technology versus something that's called a framework or a library? Oh, I thought you were going to say, what's the difference between technology and a thingy? No, no, no. no. (laughs) Um, Okay, so a library is a package of code that you can import into your own code okay so you're directly saying hey my code you want to reference code that's in like another file and that's a library a framework is a fancy library that also has resources along with it okay so it's a library plus resources like images text files yeah okay data all right that's what a framework is okay okay What's a technology? And a technology is, uh, well, technology. It can be, those are technologies. Uh, Your tools are technologies, you know? Okay. Your computer's a technology. Why, 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 (laughs) well, then why wouldn't they call the Bitco thingy a framework? Well, it's not a framework because you're not importing it as code. Okay. So, Bitcode is, is, a representation that your app can have when you submit it to like the app store for instance Uh um and it's there to facilitate certain things to happen uh so before we get to that let's let's talk about why we would want something like this so uh when you write code that needs to be turned into instructions machine machine instructions Mm -hmm. um and machine instructions uh, they have like a set format. You have an opcode or an operation, and then you have quote unquote arguments, which are basically part of that same like little package. Mm-hmm. So if you have like an opcode to add two registers, you might have like a specific code that's going to say add register A to register B. And that code gets the number uh, 7,153. You have to pick such a big number. <laughs> oh, it's just to say that that these instructions are just given a code, uh-huh. like a number, basically, um, a, a binary uh, representation, um, and they will do something when the CPU reads that opcode. So when the CPU sees 7,123, whatever number I just said, it knows, hey, I need to add the register in A to the register in B. Okay. Like, that's just something the CPU will do. Um, and you can imagine CPUs having a bunch of these, and they do different things. Fetch the memory over at this address, or store 
the register that's here into that memory over there or multiply these two numbers, et cetera, et cetera, right? So you have a bunch of these opcodes um, and you need to turn your code into that. So you can write, you say you write a compiler that takes uh, your code, which is like func add two numbers, open parentheses, number one of type string, of type double, and number two of type double, okay? Uh, and then inside of your function, you have return uh, number one plus number two. Mm -hmm. So that's like your code. It's very high level, but you need to turn that into 7,123, right? So you mm -hmm. write a compiler, it reads your code, it tells you if you forgot a parentheses or not, and then it determines, hey, this code is identical to uh, code 7,123 or whatever we're calling it. Uh, and it will turn your code into that assembly instruction. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So a compiler can do that. Um, but that compiler is not very useful because if someone comes out with a different CPU and that their CPU says, hey, my opcode for adding registers uh, A and registers 2, because we don't have a B register, is instead 254. Okay? So that maker of CPUs decided to have a very different system, uh, but your code doesn't really care about registers or anything. It just wants to add two numbers. And so you can write a different compiler that will do the same thing. It will use, uh, it will boil your code down, your same function, which adds number one and number two, uh, into an assemb assembly code, basically, that will call code 254, I think I said. Um, and that will be the output. That will be your your software. Does that make sense so yeah, far? Sure. Okay, so so far you had two different CPU makers and you needed to write two different compilers, right? Uh -huh. um, now let's say that uh, a new language is in town and instead of func, uh, add two numbers, it's fun, add two numbers. Like they didn't want to put a C. And instead of parentheses, they just put a space. So it's add two numbers, space, number one, comma number two and then you open your curly brace and you have all that stuff so now you have a different uh programming language but the code is really doing the same exact thing and you really want it to just be those same instructions right mm -hmm. you want it to distill down to either 700 7124 on one cpu or uh 254 on the other cpu does that make sense Okay. Okay, so now you had to write four compilers, right? Because you have two programming languages and two CPUs. So imagine if you add a third CPU. Now you have to add uh, another two compilers for each of those programming languages to work with that CPU. And then say you add a different programming language. Now you have to add three more compilers for that new com programming language. And it quickly gets very out of hand, right? Because you have to write essentially a unique compiler for every programming language to CPU, right? Mm -hmm. so uh we've dealt with this for quite a long time it turns out um and when the current top of the line uh compiler technology which is called llvm or low level virtual machine uh came out it came out with a uh pluggable system where you have something called an intermediate representation and your programming languages will all compile to this intermediate representation. And then your CPUs will all take this intermediate representation and compile to themselves. So now you just need one compiler per programming language and one 
compiler per CPU. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So this way you can have a ton of programming languages and a ton of different CPUs and say, hey, I want Swift to work on this kind of CPU. You can just write the part that takes the IR and turns it into your CPU's thing. And then not only will you get Swift support, you'll get C support, you'll get Java support, you'll get all the programming languages. They'll all just work because the compiler is set up to do that. So that means that your Swift code is going from Swift to IR, which is intermediate representation, which is known by the compiler system. And then it goes from IR to ARM, for for instance, for your laptop. Okay. Or it goes to Intel for older uh, Macs. Or it goes to uh, Arduino for uh, little tiny uh, toy processors. Okay. So uh, all of this is facilitated by the intermediate representation. Now, what Apple decided to do is they said, uh, hey, we can take the intermediate representation, which is more or less just text. Like instead of having number one and number two, it's variable one. Variable two, argument one, argument two. Like it gets rid of all the names of stuff. Like your function add two numbers is just function one. Um, But uh, it's able to represent everything in a very agnostic way that anything can basically understand. Like every CPU knows how to add two numbers. So there's a plus that can add two numbers. Like that's just understood by the intermediate representation. So turning turning a custom code mm-hmm. into something generic that any cpu can exactly understand. yeah or any cpu's compiler basically okay um now apple said hey if you submit this byte code to uh, this intermediate representation to us then we can do certain things and instead of sending this intermediate representation directly they first turn it into something else which is called bit code which instead of saying variable one and variable two, like spelling it out, it has kind of like an assembly language, but is identical to that intermediate representation. It's just more efficient, basically. And that's called bit code. So it's kind of like code, but it's also composed of bits because they're taking shortcuts. It's not text anymore. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And they basically said, hey, if you submit this to us and we come out with a new instruction in the future say, uh, one that can add three numbers together. And your code happens to have code that adds three numbers, meaning it added two numbers and then took that and added it to a third number. So your code did that in two steps, add the first two numbers and then add a third number to it. Well, Apple can say, hey, we have your bit code and it looks like you're trying to add three numbers and our new CPU supports adding three numbers. Like as a new code, 8,557, 3, 1, whatever. Pick the smaller numbers that you can understand. Yeah, it's the whatever one. Uh, Then they can go ahead and say like, hey, when we come out with this new computer or phone or whatever that can add three numbers together, uh, you will get the benefit automatically. Because we can translate your bit code. We can just say, hey, it looks like you're doing three. We're going to compile that down into one instruction instead of two instructions. Um, and as a result of that, they're like, your code will just end up being faster. Now, the problem with bit code is as much as Apple wants, or not necessarily just Apple, but as much as a programming language wants their intermediate representation to be agnostic, meaning it can work with any CPU, generally the case is that it's not. So for instance, CPUs have a lot more going on than just 
like what those opcodes are. They have things called stacks and how their memory controllers work and all of these things all interconnect in interesting ways. And that means that even though you compiled your Swift code to this IR, that IR, that your CPU that you're targeting may not support all the features of the IR and therefore it would be incompatible with it. So you would have to make changes to Swift compiler to make a better IR that then works with your CPU as well. And that takes a lot more effort. So this intermediate representation is not like magic that allows your code to run on any CPU because at the end of the day, your code is being optimized for specific CPUs, namely Intel and ARM ones, because those are the most common. And everyone else kind of gets uh, the short end of the stick because if they don't like adding two numbers in a certain way or under certain circumstances... They can't really do anything about it because the IR says, hey, this is the most efficient way for Intel CPUs. We're going to do it this way. That makes sense? Like they chose that, hey, if you if you need to add two numbers, you want to do it while there's a full moon. Like say that's the rule, as silly as that seems. Uh, then the IR will be optimized. So that way, by the time your code gets to that point in time, it's full moon. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it will be fast. But on the other CPUs, if it's full moon, the CPU needs to take a break. And it's just that that's the short end of the stick. That code is now going to be slower because it's not running during the full moon. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it sounds like every compiler mm-hmm. wants to do dif- or could do different things when it comes to, like, let's say, adding two numbers together, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, how do you, how's it guarantee that, like, you do right wanting to add two numbers always gonna work well you basically decide unless there's a consensus out there that all of these compilers say okay sure this is how you do to like to add two numbers together and it will always work this way yeah so there's basically that consensus so uh for all the basic things like adding getting and putting stuff to and from memory uh like all that is standard However, some compilers maybe, or some CPUs might have special instructions for adding and then multiplying three numbers. So -hmm. if you have two numbers, you need to multiply and then add something to it. Mm -hmm. They might have an instruction that's tailored to that, which means that CPU works really well for mathematical purposes, because that turns out that's something that's really common to do that type of thing. But that CPU gave up some of its special space for that kind of operation and it gave that up instead of doing something else, like taking two number, dividing two numbers and then adding to it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like they made a trade-off there. How does this, how does all of this affect you as a developer? So as a developer, uh, it affects you because you might see weird bugs that the compilers missed. Like if you are building to a certain type of CPU, uh-huh. but generally, like, but it's not like you know what kind of CPU you're building to, right? Or do you? Well, you kind of do. So in the past, like your Mac would be an Intel machine, okay, and your phone was an ARM device. So then, you as a developer need to know how an Intel CPU work and how an ARM CPU work. Yeah, and, and this was most uh, like. Actually, I have a much better, big, uh, better example. So before Apple went to Intel, they were on something called PowerPC. 
Uh -huh. um, this was a different type of CPU. It read memory in a different order than Intel machines. Mm -hmm. So you could write incorrect code that would just read numbers backwards without even knowing it. So that was one problem. But that's like a known problem. A different problem was if you tried to divide by zero on a PowerPC machine, nothing bad would happen. It would just give you like infinity. If you try to divide by zero on the Intel machine, it would crash. Like that was a, they thought that giving you that error as a crash was more useful than giving it to you as infinity. Mm -hmm. Like that's just a decision they made. So your code, which just divides number A by B, would sometimes work fine on PowerPC machines, but would sometimes crash on Intel machines. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's where you kind of need to know what you're compiling to. Okay. Like that, in that sense, it very much matters because if you know you're going to be compiling just to PowerPC, you don't have to check if it's equal to zero before dividing by it. Yeah. But on Intel, you absolutely do need to check. Okay. So that's like one such example that I particularly remember. But generally speaking, uh, there aren't too many differences uh, from like a developer's point of view. Uh, unless you are really trying to optimize and get the fastest performance possible, then you really need to think about these things and consider how these different CPUs are different. Um, but for the normal, typical, everyday developer, you don't really need to care. Okay, so then the fact that Apple deprecated this whole Bitcode thing, it it's are they saying that like from in the from now on, if you want to say, let's for instance, you want to now add four numbers together you have you can't to do that anymore well you know, no we don't accept because you need a so at that point you would need to wait for that new hardware to come out uh -huh. and you would need to recompile your app so that way you have a version that can add all four numbers at once uh -huh. and you have a version that has to add those four numbers in three steps okay and those two versions will be sent to apple at the same time but now instead of one version that you're sending to Apple, you're sending two versions. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like two complete versions. So if, for instance, your app Notfa is uh, 200 or 20 megabytes for the executable part of it, then you would be sending to Apple 40 megabytes instead of just 20. Mm -hmm. And this Bitcoin thing, is it something that you as a developer are actively coding to send to Apple or is it something that it's like... It's a checkbox. So when you submit uh, the app to the App Store, it asks you, hey, do you want to submit a Bitcode version of this? So it's automatically generated for you mm -hmm. for for that example that they say you want to be able to add three numbers together at once. So your code has that. So you just say check mark, send it to Apple, and then... It's going to generate some sort of instructions. What is it? IRS? Whatever. The IR representation? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's going to generate the, from the bit code. It's going to translate it to the IR. It's the uh -huh. same thing, just in two different formats, text and not text. Uh -huh. uh, legible and compact, basically. Okay. Um, and then it's going to take the IR and recompile it for the ARM V7, which is your phone for instance mm -hmm. and then it's going to compile it for arm v8 and when it compiles it for arm v8 it turns out when you have those three numbers which is an entirely fictional example by the way it's not yeah, yeah, yeah. something that actually happens but when you have those three numbers it's going to add them all together so it seems like apple 
maybe did not see the benefit in doing this long term. Like there were more issues that were caused by this than not. Maybe uh, people's apps were crashing as a result of this recompilation that developers weren't aware of. Is the the idea of doing this whole Bitcoin thing? Is it just is it so Apple can see what is it that you're trying to do so that they can have a functionality in the future that cover that? It could be that was one of the goals. Um, I believe Chris Latner did a few interviews talking about Bitcoin when it first came out, uh-huh. and that was one of the goals that he said was for it. Was so that way you can go ahead and, or Apple can go ahead and see what developers are trying to do. So that way they can see patterns and say like, hey, if this operation is happening a lot, we can maybe have a processor instruction. Like we can dedicate a little piece of the processor Mm -hmm. to make that faster. Okay. Um, And they didn't necessarily do this from the big code, but they have done this before. So for instance, in JavaScript... All numbers are like stored in this really weird format. And it turns out that format is not optimal for doing math with those numbers. Um, However, Apple's chips, they specifically have instructions for doing math with JavaScript numbers, which would only help you on the web, right? But because they added an instruction for that, it's something like 20 times faster to Mm. do that thing. Because it can just go ahead and instead of translating it into something that will then work and then retranslating it back into something that JavaScript is happy with, it can go ahead and just add those two numbers directly and not need to do any translation. Mm -hmm. Like it just knows how to work with that format. Okay. So that's something that uh, they did and that paid off because they can now uh, say that, hey, on our devices, browsing the web is going to be as fast as it will ever be. Because we have specialized instructions just for that. Mm-hmm. So that's like one such example. It's very narrow because that's their own app that they're able to figure this out with. Yeah. Like they write a browser engine. Um, but yeah, so we don't really know like what the outcome of this experiment, quote unquote, was for them. It seems like it wasn't worth it. Or maybe uh, they got the most that they were going to get out of it because they don't plan on changing like their instructions all too much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. How old is it? Uh, I think since 2015 or something. So not that old. Yeah, so Bitcode is part of the LLVM compiler, like, system. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but Apple, like, what Apple deprecated was sending Bitcode to them. Right. Like, they don't want it anymore. Yeah. And they used to require it for watchOS apps. Um, and they did do one thing with watchOS because they moved... Uh, their latest watches over to a half 64-bit environment. So all the math and stuff is 64-bit, but all the pointers are 32-bit. There's just not enough memory on the watch anyways to make use of 64 bits for memory. Like, you don't, you're not even going to get 4 gigabytes of memory on the watch anyways. So there's no need for that full size for pointers, which is referring to a place in memory. Like, you don't need that much resolution uh, for the pointer. Um, so they decided we're going to have special uh, like instructions that are just going to work on these half pointers. And that's going to be more than good enough. So they they were able to move all of watchOS from 32-bit to 64-bit except for the pointers without anyone really needing to worry about it. Um, and then afterwards they might decide to 
transition from half 64-bit to full 64-bit if they really want to. Like, that can happen later. And it seems like they decided it's better for the developer to recompile it themselves and to make a version that they think is good rather than Apple make it for them. And that's, I think, where where their decision led them. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't really need to see what developers are doing to make their chips fast. It turns out, like, they, they know what they're doing. Um, and it's not by adding new instructions, per se. It's by making other things faster, mm-hmm. um, like accessing memory, for instance. So uh, this lets developers be sloppy and not necessarily need to care about like what they're targeting. But everyone can benefit from it because it's targeting everyone, not specific things. Mm-hmm. So Okay. Yeah. Well, that's educational. <laughs> yeah, I hope you, I hope you learned from it. <laughs> That's somewhat. It's a bit confusing. But yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's like necessary knowledge by any yeah. means. Like it's it's interesting, but it's like, eh, I just need to add two numbers. I don't really care how you turn yeah. that into anything. Like, I don't care how you do it. Just mm-hmm. add the numbers for me, right? Yeah. Okay. Like at a certain level, like there's an academic curiosity of like how the CPU works, which is interesting. Like those opcodes, turns out they're not random. Like every one and zero actually turns on a circuit or turns off a circuit that does something. Um, and that's why the opcodes are used. Um, so there's there's a lot of interesting things that go on, and that's why the numbers seem, seem random, but they're perhaps not, and they can do interesting things as a result. Mm-hmm. Cool. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening.